Okay, well, with Halloween quickly approaching everybody, it is a true crime Monday. One current athlete gets robbed and another former athlete accused of murder. Outkick the Morning starts right now. Okay, everybody. Hello, hello. Happy Monday. What is going on, fine people? Welcome into Outkick the Morning with me, Charlie Arnold. Uh, we had an exciting weekend of sports. Uh, my Colts, unfortunately, lost a heartbreaker. Uh, One-point loss. That's why we can't have nice things in Indianapolis right now. Uh, we will get over it. Uh, but there is uh, a lot of talk going on this morning about things going on around the league, and we will get to all of those things in just a little bit. But first... I want to get to what I'm up to this coming week because you all know I love being here in studio with you. Uh, but I have to head out to Las Vegas again today. Uh, I was just there a couple of weeks ago, as you know, for UFC. This time I am going for Power Slap, which I'm sure many of you are probably familiar with. It's when grown men, and actually this time around we have women who will also be taking the Power Slap stage. They stand across from each other and their goal is to literally slap each other as hard as they possibly can in hopes of knocking the other person out. Uh, defense is not really a thing in this sport unless that means that you just really like stand strong, um, tense up your neck, and whatever happens, happens. So that's what I'm going out to Vegas for. Uh, but Power Slap is not the only crazy thing going on in Vegas this weekend, uh, or in Nevada, rather. Uh, it's fair to say that this state has its fair share of wild stories coming out of it constantly, uh, but I want you to listen to this one. On Friday, in Nevada, former Minnesota pitcher Danny Serafini, he was arrested for murder and attempted murder. Yeah, here's what we know so far. Okay, so Serafini, and he had an alleged accomplice, a woman named Samantha Scott. They were busted for the June 2021 killing of 70-year-old Robert Gary Spohr, also the attempted murder of 68-year-old Wendy Wood. These two people were found gunned down at their home in Lake Tahoe. So here's where it gets very interesting. The victims apparently were Serafini's in-laws. Spohr was found dead on the scene. Wood was badly hurt, but then passed away a year later, and there were reports that she actually ended up taking her own life in a nursing home. Uh, but the story is just not what it seems on the surface because, like I said, apparently these two victims were his in-laws. But his wife, Erin Serafini, she's been looking for answers since the murder occurred. Uh, obviously, this murder was tragic, very mysterious. So his wife reported to have been offering $150,000 for information leading to her parents' killer. But now it seems like the perp may be closer to her than she ever would have imagined. Okay, so here's a few other details about the crime. There was security video from the home that showed a hooded masked man with a backpack lurking around the property in the hours before the bloodshed occurred. Investigators, they have not disclosed a motive. We don't even know if they have one at this point, but they haven't said anything as far as that's concerned. And no formal charges have yet to be filed against Serafini and Scott. Uh, the other weird thing about this, Samantha Scott, uh, she's a woman in her 30s. Uh, like I mentioned, the former pitcher, uh, he's much older. The relationship between these two has not been disclosed. So I'm just going out a limb here, and I'm going to maybe assume that money had some involvement here. Uh, he's a former MLB pitcher, uh, but it's been quite a while since he played. Uh, I would imagine maybe money at the crux of all of this. Maybe he was 
trying to see if there was insurance plans in place uh, because it seems like his wife had nothing to do with this. So I, I have to imagine she had no involvement. Uh, so this Samantha Scott may be a girlfriend of his. Maybe they're looking to cash in, run away together. I'm not really sure. Uh, but a crazy story there. And the arrest for Danny Serafini occurred at Harry Reid Airport, and that's where I'm going to be later today. So I am walking right into this true crime mystery. Um, if, if I'm at the airport and happen to stumble across any clues, you better believe I'm going to keep all of you updated. Uh, but on that note, let's stay with the true crime theme for today, because here we have a former pitcher who was accused of a crime, and now here we have a current NFL player who was robbed at gunpoint in Los Angeles, of all places. No one's surprised there. The crime there is running rampant these days. Uh, this occurred Friday morning outside of a hotel in Los Angeles, and TMZ is reporting that two men approached this 29-year-old football player. They pointed a gun at him, and Robinson, of course, being smart, you know, he has a lot to lose here. He's a current wideout in the NFL. Uh, he just completely cooperated with the robber's demands. He handed over more than $100,000 worth of jewelry, and that included a very expensive watch. Uh, this report, under investigation, no arrests have been made yet. And Robinson, thank goodness, apparently said to be doing okay given the circumstances that he just had to endure. Uh, this is really sad, but... Again, I started this story off by telling you no one's surprised here. L.A., they have such a soft-on-crime policy put into place by, of course, their liberal leaders. Uh, this is the same story that we're seeing in liberal blue cities all across the country. And we have brazen criminals who are literally willing to rob people and commit crimes under any and all circumstances, uh, even robbing a NFL player. Because, listen, if I'm a robber, I'm probably going to be a little smarter about who I'm approaching. Maybe be like, okay, this guy looks tough. We will steer clear of him, maybe go for the more obvious, easy victims. Uh, but these criminals, they know that they can get away with anything no matter what. Uh, there are no repercussions. Police aren't allowed to do their jobs. Uh, so this is why we're seeing crimes like this happening all the time, all over the place. And uh, these people, like I said, Robinson doesn't even defend himself because he knows it's not worth it. Uh, so I guess the question here is when does this end? I don't know. I think we're going to have to get new leadership in place all over the country if we want to see any type of action taking place. Uh, but I would say that I would hope that Demarcus Robinson would share the story with his teammates. I hope they would probably be scared for themselves. I'm sure a lot of them walk around with tons of expensive jewelry on all the time at all hours. Like I said, this was outside of a L.A. hotel in the early hours of a Friday morning, so probably I would imagine Robinson had been out with his friends, maybe attending a party of some sort and just potentially getting into his car to go home. Uh, I don't know the exact details, but uh, this is a situation, more often than not, you'd think they would feel safe enough. And um, I hope that he shares the story with his teammates and they can rally around this and figure out, okay, maybe we need to be taking action. Maybe we need to, not only among ourselves, change who we vote for into leadership in California, which is completely being run into the ground on many different fronts. Uh, but hopefully they use their platforms to encourage other people, their fan bases, to also start changing their vote. And uh, hopefully these soft on crime policies end up just disappearing because I have to imagine, if not, things like this are just going to occur more and more. Uh, so with that, everybody, I have someone who I know will have a comment on this subject, plus so much more. Let's go ahead and bring in OutKick writer, Amber Harding. Hello, Amber. Happy Monday. How are you? Great. How are you, Charlie? I'm doing well. So you probably just heard me talking about Demarcus Robinson. He's a current wideout for the LA Rams. Uh, he was out early morning Friday, 
completely got ripped off by a couple robbers uh, at gunpoint, had to hand over $100,000 plus worth of jewelry, including an expensive watch. what do you think needs to happen here? Uh, I am. I said I think these athletes need to share these stories, hopefully use their platforms to encourage voters in California to do something about all this. What do you think needs to happen here to see some change? I would love to see that. I mean, I would, I would love to see Demarcus Robinson, some of his teammates actually speaking up because now it's hitting home, right? You wouldn't think that somebody, I'm assuming if he was staying at the hotel or if it was probably a nicer hotel, it probably wasn't a Motel 6 in Compton or something, right? So um, I, I'm assuming it was a nice area of town as well. Hopefully they can catch the guys. Hopefully there was um, video surveillance footage and they can they can find these people. But then again, they're going to just be caught and released anyway. I'm not sure that those people will actually go to jail. They're going to continue doing what they're doing because there are no consequences for committing crimes. Of course, DeMarcus didn't fight back. He is smart, like you said, but also, I mean, these are two guys with guns. He's going to lose that fight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But it's just, when you think about, you know, these, these criminals and they always went for the easy targets, right? The elderly women, people who weren't surrounded by others. Uh, it, it, I would have to imagine, I don't know, maybe he's, he had a teammate or friends who weren't too far away uh, while he was robbed at gunpoint. Uh, there's just, there's no part of criminals these days that have even an ounce of fear in them. Like they, they know they can get away with whatever it is that they want to and there will be no repercussions like you just mentioned. Um, let's, let's keep it on uh, the subject of guns because Brandon Miller, Amber, has now been hit with a wrongful death lawsuit by Jamia Harris's family. Former Bama basketball players Darius Miles and Michael Davey, Davis, uh, they were also named in the lawsuit. Uh, this is something we imagine might have happened sooner. Are you surprised it's happening now? No, I'm not. I'm not surprised at all. You know, the the lawsuit was filed by uh, Jamia Harris's mom. And, you know, she's just saying she wants answers. She wants an opportunity to hear these guys and understand um, how the gun got there and and why it was there. So it doesn't surprise me that this happened now. Now, um, Darius Miles and Michael Davis are already facing capital murder charges, so they have bigger fish to fry. But this is something that, you know, Brandon Miller might actually, I think Clay said that he expects, expects him to settle. And that probably will happen. But the wild thing is that, Miller's attorney said that his client had no knowledge of any intent to use the weapon or that any illegal activity involving the gun would occur. But Charlie, if your buddy texts you at midnight and says, hey, come pick me up from the bar and bring your gun, um, I'm going to assume that nothing good is going to come of that. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, Before we get any further, I know you mentioned that Clay, he's been following the story very closely since it occurred earlier this year. So uh, let's hear his take and then we'll react. I would expect that there will be some form of settlement and this will not go to trial because I don't think that they'll want the lawyers who represent Brandon Miller. I don't think that they'll want to put him under oath testifying about a potential murder. Uh, So I would expect that there will be some form of settlement Uh, before all is said and done, which is typically what happens in most civil cases. They don't usually go to to trial most often. Okay, so Amber, you just said it. Uh, The situation, no matter how you spin it, does not make sense. I mean, there's no excuse you can really make. Your friends call you at midnight. Hey, get in the car, bring your gun. Uh, So there's no need, and I'm sure the lawyers realize this, for anyone to testify in court. It's just not going to go well. Um, So... 
What do you what do you ultimately see happening from this? I mean, even if there is a settlement, uh, does this affect the careers, uh, the career of Brandon Miller? Um, is this going to continue to be talked about? Is anything going to happen as a result of all of this? Sadly, no, I, d I don't think anything's going to come of it. I think that, you know, he just signed this four year, forty nine million dollar contract. I mean, he, if he can make this go away with a couple million dollars, then he's going to do that. Um, it's not going to bring Jamia Harris back. It's probably not going to bring any peace to the family, but that's just, that's how it goes. If it was going to affect him in the beginning, he wouldn't have been drafted number two overall. Um, it, he didn't even get suspended um, from Alabama or from the team when it happened. So I think, I think eventually it'll just, it'll just go away for him. Well, that's that's a nice ending for him, right? <laughs> yeah. No harm, no foul. You know, it's uh, it's it's all very interesting. Uh, okay, something else that is, I, I don't want to call it comical, but it's just it's a little mind blowing. Uh, over the weekend, Amber, this past weekend at the Michigan Michigan State game, there was a trivia game being played during the course of the game. It was happening on the jumbotron, and one of the trivia questions was, "Where was Adolf Hitler born?" And there was also a photo of Adolf Hitler shown on the Jumbotron during the game. Uh, you can see it on your screen. Uh, this all in the wake of what's going on in Israel. Also in the wake of a president of a synagogue in Detroit, which also is in the state of Michigan, being stabbed to death over the weekend. Uh, for whatever reason, out of all of the trivia questions in the world, I mean, think about how many different options there are. They decided this was... Well, A, just to, to ask the question in general is very strange, but B, especially at this time. And, and Michigan State made a note that they used a third party to handle this trivia gaming, so it wasn't necessarily in their hands. But they did offer an apology. Uh, the interim president, Teresa Kay, said, quote, I am deeply sorry for the image displayed at Spartan Stadium, which made many of our community feel alienated and unsafe. It was unacceptable, to which I say, duh. Uh, but Amber, Michigan State just feels like they're constantly embroiled in scandal. There was Mel Tucker, there was the brawl in the tunnel against University of Michigan. What is it about Michigan State that they just keep getting in their own way? I, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe, I wish I had an answer for you. They probably wish they had an answer for you, but I think there just needs to be an adult in the room, right? Like, I guess if you're trying to distract people from the 49 to nothing beatdown you're taking on the field, the best way to do it is to post a giant photo of Adolf Hitler. But when I originally saw this, um, <laughs> Taylor Luan had posted this on, on Twitter, on X, and he went to Michigan, former Titans offensive lineman. And so I thought Taylor was joking. I thought it was, a, he was just clowning on Michigan state. So when I found out it was real, I was like, there is no way. And you talked about that YouTube video. They said that it was just this trivia quiz show on YouTube, but that no one had actually watched the video before it went up there. Charlie, can you imagine playing a video on your show that neither you nor the producers had bothered to take a look at ahead of time? Like that would not happen. So I think it's just incredible lack of oversight, just complete negligence all around in this. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's, there's no chance that that would happen. Uh, it's, it's just it's just really sad. I feel like there's so many people that these days just overlook so many details, uh, thinking like, you know, I don't want to do the work or I'm just too lazy or let's have someone else handle it. Uh, but, but even for this third party company, 
I, mean, I don't care if you didn't have a look at it. What, what the hell kind of third party company is this? There's, it's trivia. There's, there's billions of trivia questions that potentially could be asked. And actually it was funny because on the Outkick website, uh, in the um, story, uh, they made a reference to, you know, I guess the mitochondria question was off the table uh, just as a, as a joke because, right, there's just so many stupid little questions you can have for trivia, uh, yet this is the one they, they went with. So it's just all very confusing. Uh, but you talked about something being reposted on X and you have a little bit of a, a claim, you know, not, not that you already don't have your own claims to fame, uh, but you have one more now underneath your belt because 50 Cent actually reposted something that you had written about and that was Joe Biden doing his job rather than being at the beach. And 50 Cent uh, put up a post of his own this weekend uh, talking about the things you said. How cool is it 50 Cent's paying attention to your writing and what you're saying and also having an effect on hopefully, you know, something that voters will listen to and when they're making their decision, realize that they want someone that does actually do their job and isn't just slacking off at the beach while there's, you know, huge problems going on all across the world and in our country, not to mention. Yeah, yeah, I I was I was very excited about the 50 cent thing. The the 50 cent outkick alliance is is something we we didn't know we needed, but I'm really glad Strong. that we have it. Um it is. It is. Um maybe you should get him on the show, Charlie. That'd be awesome. Um but no, I would love to have 50 cent. Can you put in a call since you guys are apparently besties <laughs> well, now, right? Now I mean, on Instagram, you so might as well have you have him on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now he he posted uh, yesterday um in the morning about uh, you know, get up, Joe because Joe's relaxing on Rehoboth Beach in Delaware, as he usually is, you know, he's like, get up. There's, there's so much going on right now. We, we need some leadership. And so I, I wrote about that and he, he ended up reposting, which was great, but he's absolutely right. I mean, Joe Biden has spent 40% of his presidency on vacation. That is an absolutely staggering number, especially considering everything that's going on in the world. We are Hopefully not, but it looks like we're on the brink of World War III here, and and Joe's just lounging at the beach. So we need some leadership, and 50 Cent is absolutely right. I'm hoping, just like we talked about with the NFL players using their influence, that more celebrities like 50 Cent can use their influence to, to, make, to make some changes and to show people, hey, it really does matter who we're voting for and who we're putting in office. Uh, there's a few stories that we've covered that have definitely exemplified exactly what you just said. Uh, before I let you go, Amber, anything that you are cooking up for this week? Any big headlines that we should look forward to from you? Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Charlie. Last week, I was relishing. When I talked to you, I was relishing in the Patriots' failures. So naturally, yesterday, they went and and beat the Buffalo Bills. Bill Belichick got his elusive 300th win. Uh, we also found out that he signed this big contract extension in the offseason. Meanwhile, I was praising the Dolphins and the Lions. They both lost. So I think my new strategy is going to be to talk really nice about the teams I don't like and to insult the teams that I do want to win because I had a terrible sports weekend. Okay, so you were pulling for the Dolphins. Does that mean you dislike the Eagles or you just prefer the Dolphins? I'm a Dolphins fan, so that's 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 why. But uh, it was it was really our opportunity yesterday to show that we're for real, that we can actually be a contender. And uh, the 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 brotherly shove it got us, Charlie. Okay, so I I want to ask you. I said I know I said that my last question was my last, but because you were pulling for the Dolphins, uh, what's your take on the tush push? Because that's a, obviously a strategy that the NFL is starting to really highly consider of of making go away in this upcoming season. Uh, but the Eagles used it four times yesterday. 
uh, one time especially, which helped them to propel themselves in the game, get the fourth down, and continue driving. Uh, do you think that the tush push should go away, or you think this is just one more thing they're taking away from the game to make it less fun? <laughs> they are the no fun league. So that, that could definitely be part of it. I think they're trying to avoid a potential injury that could happen with shoving a player over the line like that, but it's not going to work for everybody. For the Eagles, it's a cheat code. They used it 41 times last year and they were successful in 37 of them. So it's really, it's like a gimme putt for them, but not every team has a quarterback that can squat 600 pounds and not every team has Jason Kelsey to push him over the line, right? So it's not going to work for everybody. I hope they don't outlaw it. That just seems like a little bit too much of an overstep by the league. Um, but I, I will admit I was, I was very frustrated being the victim of the tush push yesterday. I am so sorry for you, but I want to thank you because you just led me right into my next story because you mentioned Jason Kelsey. I'm going to be talking about his brother uh, right after I let you go. You can probably imagine what the headline is there and who the other party uh, is dealing with. Um, okay, Amber, you are incredible. Thank you so much. And I know I'll see you soon. Awesome. Thanks so much, Charlie. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. All right. Amber just led me right into this one. Uh, we obviously have to talk about the Taylor and Travis love saga that continues to unfold uh, as Taylor attended her fourth Chiefs game over the weekend. And listen, the lady is four for four. She was at the game again, sitting in the box with, of course, a girl who a lot of people are now asking, oh, is this her new best friend? It's Brittany Mahomes. Uh, they had a little secret handshake that they did, I think, every time that the Chiefs would score. And also, if you see on Taylor's wrist, you have to look closely, there is a friendship bracelet. We all remember the story. Remember when... Travis tried to give her a friendship bracelet with his phone number on it. That was his original attempt to shoot his shot, and he didn't end up actually being able to give it to her. Well, she was wearing a friendship bracelet last night, and it had number 87 on it. That is Travis Kelsey's number. And uh, she was having a grand old time in the box, uh, cheering away. Now she's all decked out. Remember before she was wearing like the more like fashionable gear, like the jeans, the, the crop tops? Now she's just fully decked out in Chiefs attire. So it feels like she's really right at home here in this environment. Uh, Andy Reid, like I mentioned, Taylor Swift, four for four at the game she's attended. Uh, he said after this 31 to 17 victory, quote, she can stay around all she wants. And again, not just because of the victory, it's easy to see why Andy Reid would continue wanting to have Taylor Swift around because Travis Kelsey had a big day, 12 catches, 179 yards, one touchdown. Those are season highs for him. He was 12 yards short of a career high and in just the last two games, he's had 303 yards. Not too shabby. Patrick Mahomes, per usual, also killing it. He had a season-high 424 yards yesterday. He completed 32 of 42 passes, four touchdowns. Uh, meanwhile, also on Friday, Kelsey was asked about fans dressing up as he and Taylor for Halloween, which coming up pretty quickly here. And Travis said, if people are going to do it, there's one thing you have to do. You have to have the stash. Uh, I describe it as a 70s porn stash. Um, so, yeah, I guess that would be one factor if you want to dress up as Travis Kelsey. You got to have that. And uh, for Taylor Swift, I guess you can go in many different directions. You can go full glam. You can go scrubbing it in the Chiefs attire. Uh, anyways, it's very interesting here 
because at the beginning I said that I didn't think that this relationship was for real, but I don't know. Maybe it is. It seems like they're going more attached as the days go by. Apparently after the game, they partied at some mansion. Um, by some mansion, I mean Travis Kelsey's new $6 million mansion that he just bought in Kansas City, maybe to impress Taylor. I don't know. Seems like a rather in, in, convenient time to uh, purchase a, a big home like that. Uh, and also, Kelsey has said that when he's able, he's going to join Taylor on her International Eras Tour. Uh, someone said... Travis and Taylor are all in. The two are very into each other and enjoying their time together, but also are planning for the future. And by the future, her Eras tour is going to Buenos Aires, Argentina, in early November, conveniently during the same time that the Chiefs have a bye week. So Travis Kelsey could very well be on the road with her. Uh, so we'll see how all of this goes down. But I, I don't know. It looks to me like this might be for real. Could be very interesting. Taylor, never saw it in you. But here we are. Um, okay, from one incredible girl to another, and she's sitting right here in studio with me. You guys had no idea, but I am sitting next to the one and only UPenn, former UPenn swimmer, now turned champion to fight for women's rights, Paula Scanlon. Thank you so much for having me today. Charlie. How are you? Good. I've been on the road a lot, so it's good to be back in New York, and it's good to Yeah, be what has your schedule been like? Are you just... I mean, do you even know where you are right now? Is it one of no, those things where you're just I, like, constantly moving? I almost forgot how to open my door. Do you know what I mean? You like <laughs> stick the key and you're like, which way does this turn? Um, so yeah, I've been all over. I was just in the Reagan Ranch in Santa Barbara for a few things out there and it was pretty cool. So. Okay. Um, has, has anything happened to you on the road recently that, you know, I know you've seen your fair share of wild and crazy things, uh, the types of people you meet, the types of, I guess, protests you're met with, anything that has like really stuck out to you recently? So I testified in Madison, Wisconsin earlier this month, and there were crazy people protesting me speaking, like just testifying in the state. And some guy grabbed me because he kept asking me, he's like, who are you here to support? And it's like, little did he know I was about to testify, obviously on the other side. Yeah. And then I was like, no, I'm, I'm here to support the bill. And he was like, ugh. Oh my like gosh. scoffed at me and he, cra he had a crazy outfit on. He was just really gross looking. And like, I was like, <laughs> I do not like being touched. No. He grabbed I my arm to like, because I kept ignoring him. Yeah. So people definitely do not. There's no limits. No. And there's no personal space. And it's if you if they don't agree with you, they're going to continue to to push that. Yeah. Well, there's just so many things uh, that we're seeing right now uh, that are mind blowing. Uh, that being one, but also uh, everything that's transpired with Bud Light since earlier this spring. Uh, they've obviously lost so much money after having their um, involvement. With Dylan Mulvaney, uh, you know, there's there's different stories as far as, you know, whether this was a proper partnership or someone went rogue. But bottom line is Anheuser-Busch has really bottomed out in terms of their profit share. And right now they're dangling $150 million in incentives to distributors to keep their beer in stock. Uh, this is just kind of like a last-ditch effort, right? They don't want all of this premium shelf space being given to all of the other beers, uh, but this is where we are. Months later, Bud Light still can't find their footing. Uh, what does this say to companies? I mean, we keep seeing companies still going down this path. Even Victoria's Secret, you probably just saw last week, has changed their tune. They were going the you know inclusive route, using the trans models as well. And now they're saying, oh, never mind. We're just going to stick with sexy, uh, with what helped us build our brand. What's it going to take for companies to learn their lesson and not go down this path that most people just don't want? 
Honestly, I have no idea because if no one's learned from Bud Light, right? Brands continue to do this and they bring in people that say that they're the DEI requirements and they, they say, no, you know, you must do this. It's good for the brand. And then it's not good for the brand and the brand completely plummets. So I don't understand why people keep doing this. I don't know what it will take because, again, we've seen failures over and over mm-hmm. again. People don't want brands to change and they don't want people pretending to be women to be drinking beer <laughs> and they don't want people who are not good looking to be modeling underwear. Yeah. Victoria's Secret fashion show is like the, the pr- premier fashion yes. show. It's like, what, are we changing what a supermodel is? Like, <laughs> we're changing what a lot of things are, it seems, these days. Um, it's also funny because Bud Light now is latching itself onto the story I was just talking about. That's Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift because they've done a partnership, like an actual full-blown partnership with Travis Kelsey. And now that he's dating Taylor Swift... I have to imagine maybe they're hoping, oh, you know, we can get, you know, hip young girls to start drinking Bud Light. Maybe that's, I don't know, a a small answer to their problems. I don't know if that's actually going to catch on, uh, but it would be interesting if you started to see more of that happening. Um, But talking about just changing the way we look at so many different things, uh, it's even changing the way we look at, as you've been fighting this whole time for and you experienced firsthand how we view women's sports because now we're seeing biological men more and more entering into the women's space. Uh, just this past weekend in Seattle, Paula, we had a high school trans runner come in first place in the female category. And after the team was handed their trophy, this was like a really disgusting su- display. The biological male who had been a part of that team took the trophy, was hoarding it himself, you know, just kissing it, holding it, not bothering to share it with their female counterparts. And Meanwhile, the girls were then told afterwards that they could not say anything or act up on the podium or else they were going to be suspended and ruining their chances of going to state. And parents also were warned not to wear political shirts. There was even a coach who got suspended for wearing a shirt that said fair, oh no, just yelling, fair sports for girls. So obviously similar to when you were at UPenn, these girls, their families are being bullied into silence. And the displays from the trans athletes I feel like continue to get more and more egregious. So Paula, what's it going to take for people to wake up so stuff like this stops happening and we start moving in the opposite direction again? Yeah, I mean, the girls in these team ultimately have to speak up. I understand how they feel. Um, Holding that trophy, you don't even want to touch the trophy. In some ways, I mean, of course he wasn't sharing the trophy, but you almost don't want to touch it. I felt, you know, guilty after some of the meets that we swam, like saying, you know, did we win? Is this fair? How, would we yeah. have won had this not happened? And you question a lot of these things. And so I think ultimately these girls need to talk about it. Their parents should try to do that. Let themselves get kicked out of the meet. If you get kicked out for simply speaking. Like the Roanoke College girls. I yes. feel like they finally, that was the first time we saw a group of women unify and they had the courage. And I feel like, why Why are other teams? Obviously these girls were probably so hurt. Mm-hmm. And a lot of their success wasn't even recognized because on the podium, they weren't even allowed to, I feel like, hold their own trophy. It's so insane. I think the parent, you know, honestly, like, it's worth getting kicked out. It's worth trying. I mean, I don't think boycotting events really necessarily works. I know a lot of people push for that. But, you know, ultimately, you do need to run your races to get your scholarships and to go on to college. And sometimes maybe that's not the right solution. But get kicked out. Speak. Make a fuss. And I was quiet for so long. And now I'm making a fuss. And there's been... A lot of people that have said, you know, keep doing that because that's how these changes are made. If I never really brought this up, people would continue to think that the entire Penn swim team was completely supportive of the situation. Mm-hmm. There were girls that were. But 
it's important to bring these things up and, and make people upset because ultimately it starts the conversation and that's how change is made. And I know that you're doing a lot of work with the IWF. Is And this is one of the main causes that they're they're talking about right now. They're trying to get progress in. Are you finding more women, whether you know we know about it, maybe it would, I guess, be more undercover because a lot of them don't have the courage to come forward so publicly, but are you finding more women starting to get worked up about this and they more than ever, they're like, something needs to be done here. Are you hearing more of those rumblings? Yeah, and so funny enough that you bring that up, a Penn alum that was on my swim team, like, t- over 10 years before me, like, this woman is in her 30s, mm-hmm. reached out to me and was like, I'm so sorry, and I'm outraged. And she's like, I'm going to be talking to more alumni who, who swam on this team years before I did, and they're upset about it. And she said a lot of us didn't really know what to say. And she, she reached out to me and she said, a lot of my friends from the team have been quiet, but they, they feel the same way you And do. these are women who are a decade older. Yes. And they're a decade older and they swam for the same team as me. They had the same, like, our, our head coach was the same head coach. Like, oh, wow. they were part of the team. And they, and they were like, I could never have imagined this happening back then. So it's, it's been great to, like, see that. And they're starting to wake up. And I think they're starting to realize, you know, we should use our voices as alum of these schools. And also, alumni donors have also reached out to me and said they're pulling donations over this oh, as well. Oh, they Okay. Yeah. Is that, that's, that feels like a new development. I don't think I've I, heard much I, of that anymore. I haven't really talked a lot about it because it's a lot of private one-on-one conversations. Yeah. But especially with, if you've seen Penn in the News, the way that they've covered yeah. Israel-Palestine has been a disaster. Uh, and a lot more alumni are waking up. And there was one alum that said, I'm pulling out donations because... The university has sided with terrorists, essentially, by yeah. saying all of the things that they've been saying. And one person in their letter actually wrote, and also the treatment of the Penn women's swim team, in this thing. It's on Twitter. Someone tagged me in it, and I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting because I feel like, yes, in the wake of the Israel-Hamas conflict, we're seeing a lot of donors paying attention to what's going on at universities. Um, but... W- it's almost a little sad that it, it took this for this yes. this other issue to be addressed. Um, do you think this means moving forward people are going to be paying attention more? It almost feels like the left controls the issues that are allowed to be paid attention to, and this is one that they so far have said is off limits, but now it's being grouped into other issues that people are starting to get involved in and wanting to pull away from. Uh, but do you think that this is going to help it just create more tra- more traction on its own? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, once you you start talking about it and saying you disagree with something, you're going to start airing all your grievances. So I think it really it's it's horrible as what they've done with these, you know, siding with terrorist organizations and whatnot. It it has opened the conversation up a little bit, which is which is good to see. And donors and old alums can say, you know, I don't like this and I don't stand for this. And this university needs to change or I won't donate. money. Well, it's interesting because it, it, it is the older I guess, people and, and alums that I would think would be more outraged at the beginning because they're the ones who, when they were in school, like you said, they already referenced, I never would have imagined being put into this situation. Um, and it seems like the younger generations are the ones that are attempting to be more progressive and they are more liberal. Uh, you know, so it's, I guess it makes sense that these people now are starting to come forward, but we're also seeing people in positions of leadership, like Charlie Baker, who's the new NCAA president, uh, who's already addressed the past transgressions that have occurred, uh, like such as when you were at UPenn, everything with Leah Thomas. Uh, Riley Gaines was really outraged, though, because he wouldn't offer an apology, although he wasn't president at the time. Uh, How does that make you feel, Uh, knowing that he's already taken the steps to say, 
okay, moving forward, I have to imagine we will have women and trans athletes in separate locker rooms, but not willing to go as far to say, I'm really sorry that this happened in the past. Does that affect you or, or bother you? Or, or do you feel like you're happy with even the little baby steps that have been made? I mean, I'm definitely happy that he agreed that it was wrong, saying we won't be doing this in the future. Great, but he does need to apologize. There are so many girls who are affected by this, so many lost opportunities that girls who've lost out from making finals at the NCAA championship from this. And I think that they are all owed an apology. Whether or not they agreed with it or not, we all deserve an apology for what happened. And I think that would be a first step of a good new leader. Mm -hmm. You can say, I wasn't, of course he wasn't there when it happened, but to step in and say, okay, I'm the leader now and I want to apologize on behalf of this, of the NCAA, mm -hmm. on behalf of my, the institution I now work for. And I think he probably won't do that. He's probably advised against it because they're trying to very much pretend that the situation didn't happen and just not raise attention to it. But I think that would be the way I would move on from this in terms of at least in his position. Is that, it's so interesting because this is something I obviously feel very passionate about. I know you do too. Riley does too. Uh, there are many of us who do. But when I go and talk to my friends just out in the real world, a lot of them, some of them have no idea how many instances of trans athletes competing in women's division are actually occurring more and more now. Day by day, we have new examples. Like I just mentioned this past weekend, there was another one in Seattle. Are a lot of people just so ignorant to the fact that this is happening? I It just baffles me a little bit because I guess, because I'm so close to the situation and talking about it so much, it's at the forefront of my brain. But are a lot of people just underneath rocks, not realizing this is happening, or, or are they just turning a blind eye to it and, and pretending it's not happening? Well, so the thing is, is that the mainstream media, and most of which are very leftist, do not cover this type of stuff. So there's a lot of people you talk to day to day, and if they're like, you know, a, a leftist and they watch their leftist media, they don't know about it. Mm -hmm. It's not even that they're like, they're like under rocks or they're like willfully ignoring it. It's like they actually don't know about it because these stories are not covered mainstream. I feel like now entering this space, I've started to open up like, okay, I, to get my news, I'm going to have to watch Charlie's show yeah. on Twitter. Yay! You know I mean? We like, like that. Things like that, but it's like <laughs> I had never imagined I would have done that a few years yeah. ago. Like, I, I didn't know what OutKick was before any of this. I mean, OutKick was the first anonymous interview I ever did, which is, it's, you know, great to see you guys, but I didn't even really know what OutKick yeah. was before I went through what I went through because I was seeking out media that was going to cover what was happening, and yes. OutKick was one of those people. Yeah. No, you're right. It is. It's uh, It's not covered by the mainstream, and a lot of people in their mind just assume, oh, I, if I turn on a credible, right, what they deem to be credible news network, oh, they're going to get all the news that they need. Okay, Paula, so I know you're super busy. I know you have a lot on your mind, and obviously this fight is at the forefront of when you wake up in the morning and when you go to bed at night. But what are you doing just to enjoy yourself? Like, what does Paula do when she wants to decompress and get away from all the craziness in the world and, you know, get, a, get away from all the lunatics like that guy that just tried to grab you recently on campus? <laughs> I've been running. So I'm actually running a marathon in two weeks now. <laughs> You're running a marathon in two weeks? Here in New York. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wait, is that the... The New York City Marathon? Yes. Oh my gosh, you're doing the New York City Marathon. That's incredible. Yes. And this is your not, first marathon? Yeah, I've never done one before. I'm just going to have fun. It's not really about competition or competitive stuff, but that's really what I've been doing. And so. are you, do you have a charity behind you? Or are you raising yeah, money? I'm just, I'm just running like the main one. Okay. But, but yeah. Wow. And this is your first, and so you go from swimming to now, were you a like, long distance swimmer? Or did no, you do it? no. Okay. That's the thing is like, it's very new to me. I never really exercised for like multiple hours on yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, like wow. a full race for multiple hours. But, you 
you know, it's fun, just for fun. Oh my gosh, that's so great. Well, uh, for all the people that are in New York, we have to go support Paula on race day. That's so, I love that. Uh, well, good luck in your training. I know Thank that's not you. an easy yeah, task, I mean, but. Just keeping it, you know, easy and just. You're not, fun, you're not right? stressing not out about it. it. That's incredible. Uh, well, good luck. Thank you for being here. Thank you so and, much for um, I, I want to like, there's so many other things I want to talk to you about, but we'll get to those another time. Uh, you have a lot of work I'm sure needs to be done over the course of the day. So we're going to let you go. And actually, guys, I'm going to let myself go too, because that's the end of the show. We've done it. We got through Monday. And uh, now I get to get on a flight. Like I said, Harry Reid Airport, where Danny Serafini was arrested. I will be investigating for clues in the airport, and I hope to uh, see if I can aid police in their investigation into the uh, charges he's facing, murder and attempted murder. Uh, and I will be covering Power Slap this week, like I just mentioned. So uh, that's going to be a whole other thing we'll help you to dive into here on Outkick the Morning. Uh, but for now, everyone, hit subscribe. Make sure you sign up for the alerts so you don't miss a minute of anything that's happening. Like, comment, follow me on social media. The, the, there's a laundry list of things that you need to do, but they're all very easy tasks that you can accomplish uh, in a matter of seconds. Uh, my handle is at Charlie on TV. Everyone, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I look forward to coming to you live from Las Vegas tomorrow morning. See you then. <laughs>